RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, the Financial Secretary tells critics not to confuse the budget's spending on innovation and technology with the Greater Bay Area Plan. President Trump says he's asked China to remove all tariffs on US agricultural goods and Canada's decision to allow a US extradition case to proceed against a top Huawei executive angers Beijing. The Financial Secretary has rejected criticism that the government is spending too much on the Greater Bay Area Development Plan in its latest budget. Jimmy Choi has more. Paul Chan says reports that the government has earmarked some 40-odd billion dollars to promote innovation and technology as falling under Greater Bay Area development are misleading. Critics claim that the government is setting aside too much money for plans that will benefit the Greater Bay Area, such as injecting $20 billion into a fund under the University Grants Committee for Research and pumping $16 billion into renovating universities' campuses and research facilities. But speaking on a radio program, the Secretary says that only two out of some 190 paragraphs in the budget mention the Greater Bay Area Plan. He says developing innovation and technology is a global trend and it's important for Hong Kong to diversify its economy and attract more talent in this area. The chief executive of the Hong Kong Council of Social Service, Chua Hoi Wai, has urged the government to talk to experts before buying any private properties for welfare facilities. Financial Secretary Paul Chan announced in his budget that the government will spend $20 billion buying at least 60 private units to house welfare facilities, such as childcare and elderly centres. Critics say the plan will benefit landlords or help push up property prices. However, Mr Chua says the plan will help the elderly and working mothers but called on the government to consult welfare professionals first so the purchases meet people's needs. We should be very cautious not to jack up the property price. I believe that the, the government's procurement policy could have some special measures on this, and I also think that some related professionals can be involved, and uh, the public and also the legislative council can have some kind of monitoring measure. But very important, uh, this should be very carefully uh, implemented so that uh, it would not uh, make the process too difficult to buy any premises. President Trump says he's asked China to remove tariffs on all U.S. agricultural products. Mr. Trump tweeted that he'd made the request because trade discussions with Beijing were moving along nicely, as he put it. The U.S. president has long complained about China's trading practices. From Washington, the BBC's Chris Buckler reports. The U.S. was planning to increase tariffs on billions of dollars of Chinese goods this weekend. But at the start of the week, President Trump delayed introducing the higher rates because he said there had been progress in the trade talks. Now he's given an indication of what he wants in return. In a post on Twitter, he said he had asked China to remove tariffs not just on beef and pork, but all agricultural goods. American farmers have suffered badly in the trade battle between the countries, but there was no immediate response from Beijing. The Canadian government has confirmed it will allow a U.S. extradition case to proceed against the chief financial officer of the Chinese technology giant Huawei. Meng Wanzhou was detained in Canada last year at Washington's request. She's facing charges which include bank fraud. The Chinese embassy in Canada has described the decision as political persecution. Here's the BBC's Dave Lee. 
Canada's Justice Department said it made its decision to go ahead with extradition proceedings after a thorough and diligent review of the evidence raised against Meng Wanzhou. It would have been highly unusual for Canada to decide otherwise, but it has been heavily lent on by China. Beijing said it was utterly dissatisfied with the decision to begin the proceedings. Ms. Meng's lawyers said their client was disappointed and repeated their view that the U.S. is using Ms. Meng as a negotiating chip with China over trade. The first woman to reach the rank of Deputy Commissioner in the Hong Kong Police Force will retire on Monday. But Winnie Chu's career is far from over. She'll be taking over from Connie Lau as the city's new ombudsman next month. Ms. Chu says she thinks her sense of justice will be useful in her new post. I will endeavour to work closely with the team in the Ombudsman office uh, to be an independent, uh, impartial ombudsman and work without fear or favour. I think uh, my character and my values are in line with uh, what an ombudsman should have and I think uh, it is a very meaningful role. I always have a very strong sense of uh, justice throughout my life. And I think uh, in the role of uh, ombudsman, I will be able to contribute even more. Ms Chu will take up office on April 1st. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Facebook and Instagram say they've filed a lawsuit in a U.S. court against four companies and three people based in China for promoting the sale of fake accounts, likes and followers. The BBC's Warren Bull has more. In a statement, Facebook said those accused had used its platforms to offer fake accounts and likes for sale, as well as other online service providers, including Amazon and Twitter. Facebook said it was acting to show that this kind of fraudulent activity would not be tolerated. Facebook's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, has been under growing political pressure to tackle the issue of fake news. Late in 2017, he admitted he was wrong to dismiss the idea that bogus posts on Facebook may have influenced the US presidential election. While in January this year, Facebook said it had employed a British fact-checking service to help reduce the spread of misinformation. Pakistan has freed an Indian fighter pilot who was shot down and captured two days ago in the disputed region of Kashmir. The pilot was handed over at a border crossing in Punjab. The BBC's Anbarasan Etherajan reports from Delhi. Good to be back. These were the first words of Wing Commander Abhinandan Barthaman after he walked across the border crossing. Crowds waited for hours on the Indian side to greet the return of the pilot with the handlebar moustache, who has been treated as a national hero. After his release, he went through medical checks before a debrief by India's military. He will be reunited with his family this weekend. The Court of Appeal in Quebec has upheld a ruling in a lawsuit ordering three big tobacco companies to pay more than 11 billion US dollars in damages to smokers and ex-smokers in the Canadian province. The plaintiffs alleged that the companies had known since the 1950s that tobacco caused cancer and had failed to warn consumers. The tobacco companies say the risks of smoking have been known for decades. In a statement, one of the companies said it would try to appeal to the Supreme Court. Cycling and Sarah Lee has won her first world sprint title when she edged perennial runner-up Stephanie Morton in Pruskov. The Hong Kong cycling star was unstoppable in the best of three final. Sean Kennedy has more. In the best of three final, the 31-year-old Lee won the first two sprints to condemn her Australian opponent to her third silver medal since 2017. 
Lee was too tactical for Morton, who launched a late sprint in the first leg, but Lee caught her. She was also too powerful in the second leg when Morton launched a late charge but couldn't maintain her lead. Lee won the 500-metre world title in 2013, but up until now, the sprint title, which crowns cycling speed queen, has eluded her. She had to settle for bronze in 2013 and 2017. She says she's now looking to repeat her performance at the Tokyo Olympics next year. And with a preview of all the football action that matters, here's the BBC's Steve Crossman. It is a massive weekend of football. Firstly, in the Premier League, where we have two derbies, the first of them, Tottenham against Arsenal. Tottenham win the title race two games ago. Suddenly, they might be hanging on to their place in the top four. It is that tight. And Arsenal, of course, are one of their big challenges. The two teams, third and fourth in the Premier League at the moment. Spurs have lost two in a row and Arsenal battered Watford 5-0 in their last game. So, all of a sudden, it's very, very exciting in the race for Champions League places. Then we've got the Merseyside derby as well. Everton against Liverpool. And that's particularly big, sorry, Everton fans, for Liverpool because they are only just ahead of Manchester City in the title race. That game is absolutely huge. And there are no games bigger in world football than El Clasico. Real Madrid played Barcelona. They only played the other day in the Spanish Cup and Barcelona won 3-0. Real Madrid desperately need to beat them this time if they are going to have any hope at all of getting back into the title race in Spain. Cricket and a double century from Kane Williamson headlined a record performance by New Zealand as they declared their first innings at 715 for six in the first test against Bangladesh. Williamson was 200 not out as New Zealand posted a colossal 481 run lead when they called the innings off midway through day three in Hamilton. At tea on a pitch that offered no help to the bowlers, Bangladesh were 56 without loss with Tamim Iqbal on 35 and Shadman Islam on 21. Colin de Grande took New Zealand past their previous record score, 690 against Pakistan in 2014 with a huge six, one of five in his whirlwind innings of 76 not out. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Financial Secretary tells critics not to confuse the budget spending on innovation and technology with the Greater Bay Area Plan. President Trump says he's asked China to remove all tariffs on US agricultural goods and Canada's decision to allow a US extradition case to proceed against a top Huawei executive angers Beijing. The news from RTHK. Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have a few musical themes of note. First, our featured new album from French pop rap band Eau de Zen. And in between, hot new tracks from France in the first hour and from other places on the planet in the second hour. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And on our first hour, everything will be from France. Both our featured new album as well as hot new tracks, all from France, which is how we start with La Crème featuring Iseux. There's a bit of a story here. Apparently, this is his first album. He's producing it. And stage name La Crème, he signs it Jeremy, Jeremy, and on social media entirely, he's here quoted as saying, uh, introducing his new opus. He says, after two years of work, of laughter, of tears, I'm proud to present you my new project, La Crème, French for the cream. And he says uh, he was 
a new adventure that gave him the chance to work with nine women, nine exceptional singers. And the name of the album is Elle, French for they, uh, in the feminine. Elle are the cream of the cream, and they are all they, the, 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 the women, uh, to whom I dedicate this album. Uh, and uh, he gives a rendezvous for a concert he's going to be 